Hello, and welcome to another episode of Drama School Dropout, which is now part of the High Productions family. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble, and I am your resident Drama School Dropout, and this week I am joined by a Los Angeles-based producer who has lived in nearly as many countries as she has worked in. Please welcome to the podcast, Charlotte Larson. Drama School Dropout, no graduation day for you. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. It's all good. How are you? Um, We've had a quick chat before we started recording here, but obviously uh, you're in LA and I'm in sunny Glasgow. So yes, very different, but a lot of the same. (laughs) You're also my first guest on the podcast that isn't British so thank you for breaking that mold even though you grew up well, in London well but... yeah I did grow I did grow up just outside London um so I do have a British passport but um yeah from New Zealand originally and now in uh, sunny Southern California the British passport would have been handy if Biden didn't win not gonna lie yeah yeah straight out <laughs> escape route yeah so how is it like over there just now because I'm I have to admit I'm very ignorant when it comes to it I stay inside and only go to the shop when I need to how's the COVID over over there just now the COVID. <laughs> the COVID um it's not too bad it, I mean it, we've had a lot of spikes in cases because we had Christmas and we had Thanksgiving which is you know the, the American holidays um you know people were like I'm gonna go travel and so that you know the cases went up but they're coming down now um they just opened in dining restaurants for limited capacity I think about a week ago or they're about to open them um so it's kind of okay but it's also kind of like well, you still need to go out and wear your mask and you shouldn't really go out unless you need to kind of thing. Yeah. We're still in complete lockdown and uh, honestly, it's starting to get to me now and I'm just like... Because in Scotland, we've had no real respite. We had those couple of weeks where shops were open, pubs and restaurants were open. Mm -hmm. But like, we haven't had theatres since March. We Mm -hmm. haven't been able to go out and get drunk with my friends since last March, (laughs) which I'm very much missing. So yeah. um, We're from Glasgow, of course. Yeah, Glasgow, (laughs) loving it. But yeah, like we've had like no real respite since last Mm. March. And um, I'm currently in the middle of, I, I put my little producer hat on for a while um, to do an <laughs> online rehearsed reading of a play that I wrote with one of my friends over lockdown. And we're in a bubble together so we can sort of mix and mm-hmm. it not be illegal. So we were sitting talking today and we were just like, because we had said right before lockdown actually happened the first time, like, do you want to go to the theatre next week? And we both just went, oh no, I'm busy, sorry. And now we're like, I wish we would have went. <laughs> Yeah, that was your moment. <laughs> yeah, and, and now I regret yeah. it forever. Um, uh, but yeah, so you're um, a producer and an actress, yeah. and you yeah. grew up, uh, you were born in New Zealand, uh, which yes. is now one of my favourite countries in the world. Never been there, <laughs> but you have a competent leader, unlike us. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it's, uh, it, I still can't get home yet, but at least everyone there is okay and doing yeah. well. I was uh, last week on the podcast, I had Theo Stevenson, who was in the Horrid Henry movie, and he's got dual citizenship. Mm-hmm. His mum's from Australia, and he can't go and see her or anything like that. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, um, uh, I'm getting in. <laughs> yeah, getting, getting into the country is a little difficult. But once you're in, you're pretty sweet. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like what I would give the videos that were circulating of like people in Australia dancing in nightclubs to Lady Gaga. 
I would give my left arm for that and my left arm's my writing arm I like to start off by asking everyone the same questions is how did you get into acting and what was your first role so it doesn't matter like it's not I'm not asking for your first tv role what was the first time that you would consider that you had a role well this is kind of how I got into acting um so I went to boarding school um in lovely sunny Kent and I was in a school play so that was my first role it was also my first rejection because I didn't get the part that I wanted to be don't we love so, those rejections? Yeah. And, you know, when you're 10 years old, you're like, but I want it. And you get, you know, it's everything. So I was very disappointed. Out, ready to yeah, throw like, I'm going to quit and I'm not going to do this. And, you know, I had to because it was school. So I didn't really have a choice. Um, but that was kind of the first, my first moment, my first role and my first rejection. And then when I, um, you know, I finally was like, okay, I embraced it and I did the role I was supposed to do and that kind of got me going and I did a few more plays at school and um just kind of steamrolled from there yeah that that seems to be like everyone that I spoke to is like I auditioned for a part and I didn't get it and I wanted Mm -hmm. to drop out but I didn't whereas I've sort of done the opposite I auditioned for a part didn't get it and I was like bye like I think I think it depends if the role speaks to you so sometimes um we have a thing in uh in America called actors access which is like you go online and you can submit your profile and your headshot to people casting and, you know, you can see the roles. And sometimes you look at it and there's six, seven, eight roles listed and you go, well, I could be that one or it could be that one. And you're like, which one do I submit to? So you kind of go with the one that you feel is the, the most, you're most drawn to. Yeah. And then sometimes you're like, should I submit to the other one? Or sometimes they will go, you know, would you like to read for this part? So yeah. I think it really depends on whether you feel the character, you could do the, the other character. But going on what I just said, if anyone would like to give me a role, <laughs> any kind of role, um, <laughs> the email for the podcast is in the description. Please feel free. Um, and I will more than likely work for free at this point in time. <laughs> I will keep that in mind for you. <laughs> yeah, keep me in mind. Also, I yeah. love California. So if you, if you can have the budget for a plane ticket and a yeah. visa, yeah. You'll never get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when was the point, so you talk about how you got started in school and things. When was yeah. the point where you actually sat down and was like, okay, this could be a career? Um, I think it was probably, it would have been for, for you guys are all British, the end of year nine, when you pick your GCSE subjects. Yeah. So the school I was at, they said that, well, in year nine, you either did German or drama. And if you were, they put you into whatever they thought you were best for. So if you were smart, you did German. And if you were more creative and not so good at languages, you did drama. And I was actually put in the German class. It's a really weird way to separate classes. It is. So everyone, you know, everyone did French. So you got your languages. But if you were, if you were kind of more language orientated, they, you know, they sent you to German. So I was put in the German class because I was naturally pretty good at French. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to do German. This is not... No, thank you. Yeah, this is, yeah, I'm like, I'm doing French. That's enough. That's fine. Um, so then they put me in the drama group. And I actually ended up choreographing with my drama class. The local village was doing a pageant to celebrate the 150th or whatever it was, anniversary of the village. Yeah. And our school was putting on, part of the pageant was a school production. 
for a school um, you know, entry in my class actually was um, the ones that choreographed a, a little part for that pageant for the school. So then, you know, end of year nine, you're picking your GCSE, GCSE subjects. And I really wanted to do drama. And because of the columns that you pick, you know, your different subjects, you have this column, this column, so you pick one from each column. Yeah. Um, I nearly picked Italian over drama. So glad that <laughs> course didn't go on. Hmm. Um, yeah, so the drama clashed with something that I had to do, which was one of the sciences. So, um, oh, I'd have been like, no, thing. no, I'm doing drama. Yeah, I was just like in my head, just going, oh my goodness, like, no, what am I doing? Um, and at that point, I was like, okay, no, drama is, you know, something I really want to do because the school offered the three sciences individually, and I wanted to do dual science, which they said there weren't enough people in my class to want to do that. So, at that point, I actually ended up changing schools to do dual science. Um, so the school I went to didn't have drama, or they didn't have it as a they didn't have it as a GCSE subject. So I took the um, oh, what do you call it the lambda school outside of classes. I took the you know the the grades, and so I did that instead of actually doing drama as a GCSE subject. Honestly, um, GCSE drama wasn't all it was cracked up to be. I had a great time, but uh, I, if I was doing something now, I'd, I don't think I'd ever be like, I've already done this in GCSE drama. I'm going to apply this to this role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great and, you, you know, it's fu- it's more fun than anything. But yeah, to be um, fair, I did learn a lot and the teacher was great and I had a great yeah, time. Yeah, I had, I had a great drama teacher um, who's still there. He's still teaching at the school that I went yeah, to. Same. 30 years ago, amazing. That was another thing. I was doing my research on you. And when I get your, I'd like to call it legal stalking. Um, <laughs> okay. And I, I, your age popped up and I had to triple check this. <laughs> like, I hope you don't mind me saying your age, but are you 38? I am. Yeah, you do not look that old. Yeah, I had an audition to play a 16 year old about six months ago. Makes sense. I was like what like you know when you see something and it's always like I was so shocked because I've always been the opposite I'm only 22 but everyone always just assumes that I'm older because facial hair like that's quite tall and I was like 38 not at all we'll we'll just tell everyone we're 25 so we're gonna well I'll stick with 22 thanks (laughs) no I'll I'll be I'm gonna be 25 for the next 10 years so yeah 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 well I mean I wouldn't question it (laughs) yeah so going into like production things um so I'm freshly dropped out of drama school applying Mm -hmm. for a different one this year so I, I like to use sort of a bit of this as a bit of like an educational tool for not only myself, but I know that a lot of my friends that went to drama school and things and all that, we don't really know what to do when you leave drama school. Because it's not mm-hmm. like when you become a doctor, you can walk into a job as a doctor. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, you've got to create your own stuff. Yes. So I, I have a very cheeky question that I would like okay. to ask. I'm currently <laughs> writing a TV show. Uh, how do I get it made? <laughs> and can you make it? <laughs> um, if Feel I knew free the to answer- say no. <laughs> if I knew the answer to that, I would be like running shows all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you get a TV show? It's, it's a lot of who you know. or So a nobody. Lot of, yeah, it's... It's interesting because you have, um, I mean, especially here in, in the States, it's, it's you know, you have um, 
all your streaming and you have your studios and your networks and everything which you know they it's kind of the same all around the world but it's um it's very much who you know or trying to find a way in um so yeah that is the hard part but if you do have a connection somehow then great but 99 percent of the people don't have connections so i think the easiest and i'm going to say that in quotes because it's not easy yeah um is to if you have a script to um put together with whoever like friends or whatever if you can cast it with other actors um put together a like a sizzle reel or a teaser or trailer of what you want that pilot episode to be um so i've been working on a project like that right now i've got a trailer out um being edited and now it's like okay well how do we get it out there and so um applying to screenplay and competitions and pitching competitions and just kind of any avenue that will really get someone to see your script or your teaser or whatever it is um is yeah a lot of research and a lot of hoping and praying and do you think especially because like being in glasgow and scotland and things were quite big with the edinburgh fringe do you think and a lot of like the modules in drama school you sort of led towards stage acting but you do a bit of screen acting so when you're doing those sizzles and teasers, do those need to be like top high budget quality or can you get away with filming it on an iPhone? I would say put a little bit of money into it. I wouldn't use your iPhone, but hire someone who can use a camera. Um, I cancel you know, all of my plans now. Do not I'm use an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's worth spending 500 pounds or whatever it is for the day for a camera guy with a camera who knows how to work it. Yeah. Um, to do that because they have the experience of knowing what looks good on camera. They have the experience of lighting and camera, um, what do you call it? Camera visuals. Yeah. yeah I'm not a typical person. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the creative person. Um, yeah. So, you know, a camera guy does have their, um, um, their expertise that they can bring and they can say, well, you know what, like this shot's great, but it'll look even better over here. And yeah. So yeah, a director can do that too, but they're looking more from the lighting and the um, visual effects. They know right? how it looks, whereas we're yeah, just like, they know that, do it they like know this that, because it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, the kind of visual um, effect that it's going to have. So there's more light over here, or there's like, this is more shadowy and more, you know, mysterious. And, yeah. and you know, they have those eyes and they know what filters to use to make things look how they want them to look, so. Yeah. 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 That's what I've found, especially like I was really shocked, especially coming into like the scene in Glasgow and learning more about it. I I thought there'd be a lot more scope for that than what I've found purely because Edinburgh Fringe, 45 minutes Mm -hmm. down the road. Like, and it's just quite shocking that I Mm -hmm. I genuinely, I've been writing plays now for what year are we in 2021? Four years. And I've had a bit of success with that. Um, and the one that I've currently wrote is gonna looking like the most successful. But coming into it as a newbie writing for screen, which is just an adaptation of a play that I've just wrote. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know where to start. And I'm like talking to my friends and I'm like, yeah, we've never been told this within like drama school. Because mm. the number one thing that they do tell you is if you want to work when you leave drama school, more than likely going to have to create your own stuff. But then you yeah, don't get yeah. told where to take your own stuff. Yeah, and um, like I went to Stella Adler Academy of Acting um, here in LA, and you know the school is amazing and amazing, wonderful, and I'm such you know I'm their family, 
and I learned a lot. I was definitely growing as a person, as an actor. I definitely was learning about different playwrights and I was learning about, um, you know, breaking down a script and all the other things you need to do as an actor. And there was some on-camera stuff and that was great too. But yeah, it's like you get out of drama school wherever it is and, you know, now it's like, okay, find an agent, put together a reel. Like, what do you do? How do you do that? And um, there's some sort of acting coaches that will do that and help you through that but yeah it's like make your own stuff how do you how do you do that and how do you get it out there and that's um I think because I came from a producing background first before I went to drama school um I have a really good idea of how to do that so um and I always say you know whenever I'm asked the question like a lot of people ask me do you prefer acting or producing and I say well knowing both really well helps me whether I'm doing one or the other. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's they both yeah. play into each other. Yes. Yeah, so as a producer, I know how to put together a production, but as an actor, I also understand the, what goes on behind the scenes. And because yeah. I'm aware of that, I'm a better actor because I'm not worried about why am I sitting on set waiting around? They said they were going to do this next set or this next scene and they were going to, um, you know, be yeah, an hour. You know, they're two. probably up in video gallery checking for. A, yeah. There, you know, there's a lot of dust there's on a the lot lens. Of, yeah, there's a lot of technical stuff going on. And so I can relax and go, okay, I can focus on the scene that I'm about to do. I can, you know, go over my lines. I can, I'm not like, why am I waiting? What, you know, what's going on? We're supposed to be out of here. At am I going to get sacked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's going on? So, yeah, and as a producer, obviously, I understand what the actors are going through as well. So a lot of actors are like, you know, call me by my character name. Don't call me by my real name because I need to be in character. And, you know, that comes across as pretentious and annoying to Came some across people. That, yeah. It's happened to me twice, but other than that, it's um, not very normal. A lot of people can come in and out, but some people are very sort of very focused and want to be like, no, this is me for the day. I'm, you know, I'm Rachel and I'm going to be Rachel until I... That must cut. be so tiring. Like, I, I, I've i never done that. And like, yeah. I, I like to think I get into character and things, but I like the last show that I done, well, the second to last show, because the other one wasn't very good, was Macbeth. And I can't mm-hmm. imagine walking around a set, go well, a stage, a theatre going, um, and somebody goes, Ingram, can you come over here a second? And I'd be like, it's Macbeth. Like, that's just obscene to me. It it's it is and it isn't a lot of um I mean yeah like I said it's only happened to me like twice once and like one and a half times but um I think it happens more on film sets when you're stopping and starting so much that it's like seen waiting around seen yeah. waiting around so I think um yeah in theater you also have a lot more time to um rehearse and get the character in you I on mean, a film set you might be lucky to get a rehearsal you know yeah I mean I'm very inexperienced of Mm -hmm. screen and like would literally say I have no experience of it whereas (laughs) in a theater I'm two to three weeks you're getting a show done in out and there's still you come in before your call time and you're like Lady Macbeth want to run this scene which is Mm. we go on stage and just practice this again with the scenery like yeah Yeah. we're afforded a lot more luxury in theater than I'd imagine yeah and um you know on a film set you might be lucky to get a rehearsal before the director's like okay actors on set and then you know you have to go (laughs) 
Hi guys, I just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode to tell you about somebody really cool. As you may have noticed, the podcast has a brand new sparkly theme tune, and that theme tune is performed by one of my good friends, Anna Davidson, who is an amazing actress and creative from Glasgow. Like many people who work in the creative arts, Anna also worked in the hospitality industry, which has also been devastated by the effects of the coronavirus pandemic. Throughout lockdown, Anna started her own small business called That's Pure Glass, in which she sells custom hand-painted on-glass pieces of art so i would really appreciate it if that you could go and check out her instagram page at that's pure glass this isn't sponsored and all of the information will be in the description box below you've got like a really extensive filmography and things that you've done and check out imdb all the information mm-hmm. there do a bit of legal stalking um <laughs> so i always ask as well there's like so many great actors that you've worked with and so many like just great people that you've worked with Mm -hmm. doing my legal stalking what would be what who would be sorry your number one if somebody phoned you tomorrow and said charlotte this thing that you're casting and producing just for say example Whoopi goldberg said yes who would be your person that you'd want to say yes um i oh goodness george Clooney would probably be well up there um I feel just as a person when he's not on set I would be like okay talk talk to me like I want to have a really interesting conversation with you um just with all the work start a podcast and harass him sure um if you have his phone number let me know Uh, but no like I think um I have been in a room with him I'm just gonna say that yeah he was hosting an event I was at so it wasn't that close but um, we don't need to tell people that bit though. You've been yeah, in a room yeah. with him, a very small room. Yes, it was this big. Yeah, it's a box um, room. We were hugging. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I f- you know I feel his presence, his acting, and his just exp- his experience and his intelligence would just be such an amazing thing to to soak in on set. And I think that would just like work its way around to everybody else on the set. So. That's not yeah. one I've heard yet, George Clooney, which, I mean, it seems like a very obvious one. Yeah. But we've had, yeah. like, Will Smith, Whoopi Goldberg. That's Whoopi Goldberg would be one of mine. I yeah. have, like, two. But I also struggle with the fact that a lot of people that I idolise and, mm-hmm. like, hold up on a pedestal, they're either arseholes, dead, or probably, like, <laughs> not going to be alive by the time that I gets the point where I would be working with them. Right. It's like Dame Barbara Windsor, Peggy Mitchell mm-hmm. from EastEnders. I genuinely yeah. believe, like, acting with her, and I had somebody from EastEnders on who played her on-screen grandson, and I said, like, I genuinely believe that acting with her would be, like, the closest somebody could get to acting with Shakespeare. Yeah. And, no, like... He was amazing, yeah. But then one of my other actors who I've idolised for years, I, I met him and he was a complete and utter arsehole. Excellent. Well, we'll that leave was horrible. We'll leave them nameless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find that most people that I've worked with, and I'm going to say 99% of people, um, have been amazing because everyone's really in it for the same reason. You know, everyone loves what they're doing. Everyone's, you know, if you didn't like what you're doing, if you didn't want to be around these people, you would go off and work in a bank or name whatever. the 1%. Yeah. Name them. Drop names. <laughs> I'm joking. No. Don't drop names. <laughs> it's just, no. Nope. <laughs> no. Um, yeah no Do a podcast I, um, in three weeks and you're like yeah it's ingram noble <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah like most people it's interesting especially living in la and, and being around this everywhere 
you go because everyone in LA is an actor, even, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's interesting because people, the, the most famous, I'm going to use that word, the most famous people that um, I've come across are usually the most humble, genuine, lovely people. Yeah. It's the people, it's a lot of the time, a lot of the people who aren't super famous or aren't kind of known yet, they're hustling so hard to try and get anywhere that they kind of come across as rude and yeah. you know a little bit of an asshole. It's not necessarily that they are rude or an asshole. It's just that they're so internally trying to get somewhere. You know, they're trying to get a job. They're trying to make rent. They're trying to do whatever it is they need to do. They need to get to their next day job where they're a waiter or they're, you know, whatever. So yeah, like some people come across that way, but you know, the majority, 99% are pretty great. You know, like it's, it's a really interesting industry to be in and people really want to do it and they're passionate about it. So yeah, I think 99% of people generally that I've come across in, you know, even out and, and about in LA are, are mostly amazing. Yeah, I completely agree with that because uh, I can't say too much. I hate to be that person. I've got some things coming up in the works, but I can't tell you too much about it. Um, possibly there are going to be some people that come on the podcast that I emailed purely out of like, well, if I don't ask, they can't say no. So I was like yeah. emailing people like stupid, like Leonardo DiCaprio. I didn't hear back from him. But I was like, if I, <laughs> if I don't ask, I, I'll never know. And there's some people yeah. that are possibly going to be coming on. Let's just say I have to wait until after the Friends reunion. And they've been so nice from what I've heard of them so far. And then the person that I met who I idolised, who was an arsehole, wasn't that famous. Yeah, yeah. And I think it comes across sometimes as being an asshole or being rude or whatever and I think that it's generally that people are trying trying to get the next job they're trying to get whatever it is they're working towards or they're stressed because they have to pay rent this week and you know so it does come across that way but yeah I, you know there are a lot of people um I've been to a lot of events a lot you know awards shows and you've been to the Emmys that's cool as fuck <laughs> have been to the emmys yes that was amazing i've been a couple of times actually um have you been to the oscars no i haven't been to the actual oscars but i do um i have been to elton john's oscar viewing party many years so um that's always an amazing fun i'm night, just gonna move to la and become a producer and try and have these amazing because sure. yeah. like I, I could just deal with being famous for the rest of my life i don't need to be an actor like i, okay. I could just be famous for being famous put me on the hills is that even okay. still going no, <laughs> no, I don't think so. genuinely, I'd love. They probably to bought it back. back. Everything's coming back. Yeah, <laughs> lockdown, <laughs> and it's just the hills. People fighting yeah. over Zoom. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I have to ask you one more thing before we sort mm. of come to a conclusion. Uh, as like somebody from New Zealand and around Australia, one of my idols is Chris Lilly. Mm -hmm. uh, like, is it as funny to people who are from that part of the world that it is to us? Yeah. I love Chris Lilly. It's Jamea yeah. Private School Girl was my secondary school experience. Me and my friends mm -hmm. used to quote it. Like I got my history teacher watching Jamea Private School Girl. And mm -hmm. I've I've never actually been able to speak to somebody from that part of the world because Chris Lilly is like one of my gods. And yeah. like I just want to know, do like you find it funny? Because like I don't find I Little do. Britain funny anymore. Like all that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's great. Um you know, um summer high tie and all that is very funny i still quote it sometimes um but I it on the daily yeah um yeah i mean little britain you said isn't funny anymore and i'm like yeah like when it was first came out i was 
you know, this is great. And, and you know, that was really funny. But now it's kind of like, okay, I've seen it 20 times. I don't really, you know. I think that's I, true with most things, though. I you think know, I just got sick of the, of the, like, just the overly Britishness, which I think makes it really <laughs> successful in other places, which it does. Yeah. There'll still be some places that in Britain that still love it. I thought we'd play a little game now. It's a fun little okay. game. Um, it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. Uh, so I'm going to give okay. you three scenarios, things that have happened or may have not happened. And one of the two of them is Stage Right, which means they're true. And one of them is Stage Shite, which means it's a lie. Okay. So I'm your so job is to guess which one. <laughs> I mean, okay, not I'm many people have got it right. So don't worry. It's just okay. All right. So number one. My, uh, also, just to preface, I don't know where these, like, which one's true. My friend who produces and helps edit the podcast, she comes up with all of these, and I've got it all in front of me, and then I've got a turn over, see which one's the lie. Okay. Oh, goodness. Okay, too much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, number one, my dad took me to an audition as a child and got chatting to one of the mums, and long story short, they had an affair, and now she's my stepmom. That'd be fun. <laughs> Could happen. Number two, I was in a uni show in front of 200 people and my older brother set off a party popper after my very gruesome forward slash sad death scene. That would mm. be quite fun. Um, and number three, my second costume for a show was zipped in a garment bag ready for a big reveal. The zip on the garment bag ripped my baby blue prom dress and then in brackets, it was a massive rip and I couldn't wear the dress. <sighs> Um, I, I think, think the second oh, one. Yeah, I think the second one. Is, I'd kill someone right. if they'd done that. <laughs> yeah. Full like, on, I'd yeah. break character. I'm getting off the stage, and I'm going to see whoever just put a party popper off. Yeah, I w I would say that. Right, I'm gonna check. Oh, it's number one. Oh. Oh, so right. somebody's dad didn't have an affair. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened to someone. Oh yeah, it's happened. It's true. It's stage right for someone. Yeah. Ex yeah. So uh, just before we finish up, what's like, what's happening in the future? Have you got any exciting things or is it all things that you can't tell us about? Um, I have so many things going on, which is great. Um, you know, what's quarantine? Who knows? I've been working. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm working on a TV pilot that um, my my best friend and roommate has written and um, it's, ugh, I'm super proud of it. I'm trying to get that out there where that's the, the show that I was making a, a trailer for and we're trying to get out there. Um, very excited about that. It's called Neon Lights. Um, we, what else? I, I've started to write a screenplay, um, which is something I've never done really before. Fun. Yeah. So I have a feature film that I'm starting to write and a TV series I'm starting to write as well. So be ready to bin half of it. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm such a perfectionist that nothing is going to end up in the script unless I'm happy with it. So me and my friend were just the other day we were just talking about what we've written and I was like here let's have a look at what we didn't put in and I pulled out a ring binder that was like 500 yeah. pages of script that just got tossed mm -hmm. it happens yeah yeah and I was so, like this is really good and then we looked at it and it was like no it's not <laughs> yeah yeah I also don't have any patience to sit down and write so this is a very good learning experience for me so and yeah I, I have the first page of both and nothing else <laughs> early in so. the morning or late at night those are my best yeah times to write. 
yeah i'm a late at night person so um yeah it's i find that once like all the distractions are away like once twitter has settled down and there's nobody posting on instagram like right i can sit down and i can get a scene done yeah i I sit in bed with my laptop and i'm like okay let's get a page out But thank you so much for coming on. We've come to the end of the podcast. Um, and where can everyone find you on social media? Because everyone will want to be keeping up with you. Well, they should want to be keeping up with you. Great. Well, I don't have an Instagram, which people... I clocked are, that. They're so confused. They're like, why don't you have Instagram? I'm like, I don't need people seeing pictures of my dinner. Not oh, interested. Like everyone on Instagram out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do have a Twitter. And yep. that is at official, C-H-A-R-L-A-R, Charlar. Because Charlotte Larson is too long to fit. Who knew? Uh, um, and I do have a Facebook page as well, so you can find me on Facebook. Yes, find it on all the good things. And you can yeah. always find me on social media on all of them at Ingram Noble because I'm an attention seeker and want your likes and validation. <laughs> have you got a blue tick on any of your social medias yet? No, no, no. Well, yet. we will add Charlotte Larson to our campaign of get Ingram, Theo, and Charlotte blue ticks on everything. Excellent. Uh, Charlotte, thank you so much for coming on and joining me. It's been thank you. No, it was great to talk to you. And thank you to you at home too for tuning in to another episode of Drama School Dropout. As per usual, you can find me on all social medias and you can follow Charlotte over on Twitter. If you're feeling fancy and generous, please scroll down a little bit and give us a little rating and a review. It always helps and I'd be really happy and it would boost my ego a little bit more. And remember, you can always submit your theatre stories for Stage Right or Stage Shite by emailing dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. And as per usual, all of that good stuff is down in the description below. And next week, I will be back with a brand new episode of Drama School Dropout, which is now part of the High Productions family. And now I'm going to tease the guest for next week. Well, actually, I'm not going to tease it. I'm going to tell you. Next week on the podcast, I have one of the standout queens from Canada's Drag Race Season 1. I will be speaking to Boa so make sure that you come back and listen in at 12 noon next Tuesday and you can hear Boa spill all of the tea about the first ever season of Canada's Drag Race bye everyone drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout Fuck your whole course, now try something new Trying to scoot your